0: And we're late.
1: And sorry up.
0: about that, peeps. Um, that's partly my fault. I'm not feeling too good today. Um got blame the, the heat and
1: been, and the monkey COVID. That's,
0: I've got something. Something. I had fever last night. Like out of the blue, you know. It's yeah. like we're in the middle of a heat wave. It's the last time of the year you'd expect to be feeling did achy. You,
1: did you do flu mul- like? Did you do multiple PCRs and lateral flow tests? No. Come on, Neil the program?
0: No, I'm pretty sure I had the COVID earlier this year.
1: Yeah, you don't get it twice. You don't? Don't you? Didn't Biden get it four times? I'm,
0: I'm, I'm not up to speak. But what does the science say? <laughs> Biden got it twice, right? That's twice, what they're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. In like two weeks. What's
1: that? Yeah. That's ridiculous. I, there's a certain there's a certain um, profile. Uh, it seems maybe you know. It's just I'm just um, uh, basing uh, basing this on. Uh, you know a general overview of the uh-huh. of, of of the social media sphere but uh and and general you know general reading of the situation but um a certain profile on people on people maybe possibly who uh get it more than once uh, it's hard to tell because the people who well let me let me put it this way i was gonna say that it, that it's possible. Well, I've said this in previous shows, but it's possible that people who have been vaccinated uh, are maybe a bit more inclined or likely to get, quote unquote, COVID again. But the problem here is COVID isn't really what we're still using the term COVID. And that brings people back to ventilators. People are dying. You know horrors and hospital flashbacks wars, all the flashbacks to Nam kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, but we really shouldn't be calling it COVID if that's your reference for at this point, because it really is very little different than a kind of like a the sniffles, yeah. You know, I'm sore over throat, it. That kind of like thirty six hours. On but I don't think that's what you had anyway. But maybe you did. Who knows? But the point is, it's not something that you're going to get tested for. But the problem is that people who are m- more likely to get the people who have been vaccinated are obviously people who are more invested in it, and they're people who, when they come down with some symptoms that resemble flu or cold symptoms, or something, will go and get tested, and they increase the chances. That and then
0: fine. tell all their friends on social media.
1: And test positive and stuff, but more, I suppose, more rational people in a certain sense, or more calm people would say, oh, I just had a bit of a, you know, bit of a fever last night, bit of a... Can, B- bit right of me. bit of a sniffle, and I'm fine. They're not going to bother going going getting tested, so it's all very complicated. Basically, it, it, it messes the whole thing up. But on but you.
0: we broached it anyway. So on Biden, um, the White House statements, I think from the first time they announced he had it mm-hmm. ten days ago or so, mm. said it's okay. He's on a program of Paxlovid. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Because I I don't really know about it, but I know that. Alex Berenson is talking it up. He's like, no, no, the, this works. If you're going to take something, forget ivermectin. Paxlovid works. Yeah. He but others are saying, well, no, it doesn't. And it actually can, you know, prolong. The thing I saw was a doctor saying, oh, God, about 10 days ago, Biden's taking Paxlovid. Watch for the rebound. In about 10 days' time, they're going to announce he has it again. <laughs> it's right. a crazy tweet because that's exactly what happened.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, well, actually, it's a thing, you know, Pax... <laughs> it's call-
0: a protocol, it's not even a single drug. Well, no, it's
1: a, it's a thing called uh, Paxlovid Rebound.
0: It is called that, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's, it's actually... That, well, that's what they're, they're, they're calling it, Paxlovid Rebound. Um, it's... This is probably... This isn't the best. The Independent is, like, full of ridiculous... Um, full of ridiculous articles, the Independent... Uh, News websites full of ridiculous, uh, sorry, advertisements. But anyway, if you just throw that up, Scotty, is what is Pax? What is Paxlovid rebound? Oh, you've you've got an ad blocker on. Anyway, um,
0: Ant- <coughs> Antivirals change the dynamic dynamics of symptoms, change the dynamics of the immune system response, and change the dynamics of how you shed the virus.
1: Mm. Exactly, and that's kind of the problem with it's pretty much the same problem with uh with vaccines and even and boosters that people are getting now they are geared towards the original strains of covid that are not dominant strains or don't really exist even anymore now so it's kind of premature immune system in a in in the wrong direction don't really deal very well with uh with the, this actual particular strain of the virus and it means you just... Uh, the later ones
0: circulating. Yeah,
1: the whatever it is now, BA5, BA4, BA5, whatever, um, like Omicron, Omicron minus, Omicron part 2. It's not Omicron anymore. It's it's obviously, it's just, it's mutating as, as all viruses uh, do and reducing in, in, in function, you know? I mean, the fact that they don't, talk about that it just still blows my mind you know i mean it's something that's been a mainstay of virology and uh, for for decades and decades and decades that uh, you know as a virus mutates it loses function because it's random mutations and random mutations are just blind mutations which means it invariably reduces the, the ability of the virus to actually do what it originally was kind of intended to do um so and they don't, they don't talk about that. But it's obvious that that's what's happened, right? I mean, they, they, it was charted. We saw it happening, you know, as Omicron came last December, early last December, first appeared in South Africa. Omicron was much reduced. Incre- and it's, again, it's exactly follows the same well-understood pathway or process of, of mutations of viruses, which is they, they lose their function in terms of um, of, of their, their, the, the strength, let's say, of the virus or the, the virulence of the virus but they uh, become a bit more transmissible. You know, more people get it. And, but you could also say that more people get, got Omicron because they had dropped a lot of the uh, a lot of the controls and the, the the lockdowns and all that kind of stuff that were designed to stop the spread of virus. So right. the whole thing is extremely, extremely complicated. <coughs> You're talking about, you know, potentially 8 billion people on the planet and a virus. And the fact that it, a light was shone on it over the past few years and... and, and you know they started investigating it, it to the extent started interrupting the the transmission pathways and all that kind of stuff for those crazy lockdowns ridiculous lockdowns um it just means and and the amount of data on it and the amount of people pining on it and it's just it's it's a nightmare you know and um it's interesting though because i think an awful lot of actual long-term vi- virologists actually got a chance to you know to, to do far more research and look far more and far more detail at viruses and there's was far more attention and resources and people, man hours basically put on on looking at this particular virus than there really ever was before, you know, so it's all new information in a certain sense because there was never the amount of this, the, the intensity of focus and scrutiny of a virus by so many people, uh-huh. so many qualified people uh, before in, in the history of, of the planet, right? All of these resources, Shitloads of money, or money being thrown at everybody to to look into it and stuff. So um, <coughs> don't yeah. hold back. And, now and of course, in... no, but also the fact that this is
0: going on YouTube today.
1: <coughs> okay, so you can but say also, whatever the hell you want. But also, <laughs> but al- okay, yeah, I can, I can, okay. Uh, but also the the way they messed with the virus with the normal transmission. So the lockdowns, the the, the mask wearing, all that kind of stuff, seriously interrupted the normal transmission of viruses. Like yeah. coronaviruses that cause cold, common cold, for example, they suddenly interrupted the normal transmission of it, and also inter- interrupt the normal transmission of other viruses that were circling around. Mm-hmm. So this is totally uncharted territory, mm-hmm. never done before. So it's not surprising that there's an, an awful lot of confusing information out there and, and contradictory information, and they don't really know what they're talking about because, and, and I mean that literally, because they they have, like I said, they've never done this before. They have never stopped in the way that they have uh, interrupted the transmission of this virus and other viruses because by implication it was any other virus that was circulating over a couple of winters uh, mm. or any other time during the year. They really inter- interfered with the way it, it, yeah. it, it, uh, it moved around the population. So,
0: yeah. This is actually so the, the second so July in a row that I have right. something. Yeah, Last well year I had a kind of bronchitis example. in July.
1: Right and that's what pisses me off about the fact how they all through this they said trust the science trust the science shut up you know if you're not a scientist if you, if you if you haven't um, if you're not qualified to speak in this it's medical misinformation blah 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 or anything you say that contradicts the official story is medical information medical misinformation uh, which is patently well yeah it is patently false because like i said this was a, an entirely new situation that no no scientist on the planet had ever uh, been involved in before, or, or seen before, and um, so there was, there, there's no there's no room for anyone to say there's hard science, there's there's settled science on this. This is brand new. They didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. they didn't know what was going to happen. It's all new, so it should have been open for at least reasonably intelligent people to, you know, do some research and look in, you know, not in detail but in, in broad terms and come to conclusions, tentative conclusions based on on what was. Uh, on, on what the, the new scenario, the, the type of uh, the type of scenario that we're finding ourselves in, it wasn't there was no one able to say definitively what was actually happening or going to happen, and we've seen that with uh, with all of the things coming out of left field and and official officialdom and official the official science having to backtrack, change, backtracking its, all over the place, change its its opinion. You know, Um
0: no, this just dis- categorically does not affect women's menstrual cycles. Right, right. Eighteen months later. Yes, this did yes, affect 42% of women's right. vessels, like. Yeah, and they come up Like we said at the beginning. And they come up. With no,
1: you lo- didn't. And they come, up, they come up with those numbers, 42%. But even that is right. just spitballing, you know. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, that's, but that's, yeah. The COVID thing has just taken over. and But it's, go- it's really, there's nothing. We have to wait for, if there's going to be some other health crisis, it's going to be something totally different. Because at this point... This virus really has got down to being a nothing burger, if you want to call it that. Uh, it's, it's, it's the cold, it's the flu, it's it's taken its place in the ranks of commoner garden seasonal viruses. And um, sure, it's still a bit there's still a bit of an anomaly about the whole situation because of those lockdowns and because of the interrupt, interruption of the normal transmission. You're getting kind of people coming down with different viruses that are resurgent at at new and kind of unusual times of the year. Uh, on on a wider scale because the, of of that uh, uh, interfering with the transmission pathways the normal seasonal appearance and disappearance more or less of of different viruses uh, because masks lockdowns all that kind of stuff but that that's and vaccines and vaccines of course big time and that uh, that has but that'll settle down I think this this uh, towards the end of this year and in the next year um, it'll it'll probably normalise I'd say because Again, no more ridiculous, over the top, extremist, punitive, um, sanitary measures or uh, lockdowns, mask wearing, mass vaccination mandates, that kind of thing. Um, so it's going to be something else. I, I'm, I'm just anybody who's out, anybody who, who's, who's <coughs> was excited about the lockdowns and really liked them. And I uh, want them to come back. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen with this virus. Aww. You're going to have to wait for something worse uh, or something, another one um, to come along. And you better hope that it's not actually a real pandemic this time, because then you won't be so enthused about, uh, <laughs> enthused about pandemics. You won't feel so good about uh, a pandemic if it's an actual pandemic, if it's a real. Uh, In the sense of a kill- mass killer. Yeah, a real killer virus, you know, which can happen, could happen. Who knows? Well,
0: the top trending items in the last couple of days, certainly on the Tweetosphere, Taiwan at Pelosi. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was hilarious that at one point <clears throat> yesterday, Saturday, something like 50,000 people were watching Flight Radar 24 <laughs> as Nancy Pelosi's plane left California. Um, destination unknown, but rumored to be heading for Taiwan, of course. Yeah. Then she touched down in Hawaii, um, but then she left on a military plane. That was interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Because then that's her office put out well, a press release. She's landing in, in, in potentially enemy territory, right? Uh, from Her next stop is going to be not, she's not, not in the homeland anymore. When she flew to Hawaii, I was watching it yesterday as well because I saw it on Twitter. shop people were saying, "Oh, Pel- Pelosi's plane was taken off. Took off at like one o'clock in the morning, uh, and it landed in Hawaii at about three a.m. with a time di- time difference and stuff." Um, but I was watching, I because and here it was during the it was in the morning or the afternoon or whatever, and um, I was watching it, as it was flying over the over the Pacific, and I was just looking at the arc and it was obvious from the arc, even when it was halfway there, it's only it a four or five hour flight, so it was about four, two or three hours into the flight. It was obvious to me that it was going to fl- land on, uh, going to Hawaii uh, because of the arc of it. If it was going to, actually to Asia, it would have taken a higher route because that's the way they travel. They travel, travel the shorter, more yeah. shorter shorter distance. The fact that it was going in, a, in, a, in the arc that it was meant, meant that it was going to Hawaii. So it was pretty obvious that it wasn't going to Taiwan yesterday. But it all started with... Uh, with a tweet on Weibo it, or Chinese Twitter or something uh, from the 80th Army, 80th Chinese Army Brigade or something like that mm-hmm. in some city in, in Taiwan. they put out a a, a tweet a in two, Taiwan in two, China, China. Sorry, China a two a two uh, two word tweet basically saying uh, that translated to preparing for war or prepare for war. And people thought, oh, well, there you go. That ties in with Pelosi flying over. <laughs> yeah. You know, so they're preparing for war. It's going to be like a, a kind of a, <clears throat> another kind of Pearl Harbor with uh, Pelosi's plane, uh, Pearl Pelosi's Harbor.
0: plane is going to be like a kamikaze attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to set yeah. it off. Yeah.
1: And um, so they, yeah. They, uh, but again, then you saw, I saw that, I think it was yesterday, they were holding drills. Uh, the Chinese military was holding drills. So, yeah. I mean, that it seemed to me that that was probably what they were actually referring to. It was just a little announcement. And that's not how uh, the, I'm pretty sure that's not how the Chinese military command announces an imminent war right. over social media to its soldiers. I'm pretty sure that's not how it happens. No. Um, but it's
0: amazing once people get the idea in their heads, they start seeing it everywhere. So, right. also posted on Western social media was footage allegedly from, again, Weibo or some Chinese platform allegedly showing hundreds of Chinese tanks on railroad cars arriving in Fujian and other places that mm -hmm. line the coast Mm -hmm. directly opposite Taiwan. Again, though, similarly, when you check them out, they're either from earlier times or they're going for scheduled exercises. Yeah. You know. But when people sort of get the bit between the teeth, they're like, <laughs> they can start to shape the narrative. Um, right.
1: Well, that that post on uh, on on Weibo was uh, had like something like fifty, like I don't know what it has now, but it, hundreds of thousands of likes, basically, and, and and comments and stuff on it. So obviously, there was a uh, you know, there is a lot of f- it's in the air,
0: both in China right. and
1: in the US. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, but so anyway, so end result is that Pelosi um yeah she's going to it's not insignificant it's just not war as people uh, people have been saying I, mean, I think she 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 posted this uh this tweet today but people uh, people already figured it out well they already knew because there was no actual statement statement that she was going to taiwan she she said it was known more or less that she was going on a trip to asia uh, and she had but it was you know the only thing I saw was that when asked biden didn 't didn't um, deny, he didn't confirm, but he didn't deny that she would stop in Taiwan.
0: Mm-hmm. <coughs> well, but they did leave it later to clarify that she wasn't. Because a press release was only issued after she was midair, right? That she
1: was visiting right, but,
0: South Korea, Japan, Singapore. but it was known
1: beforehand because obviously these things are planned in advance, sure. right? So they so, knew, yeah. So, but and there were there were certain I don't know exactly where it came from, but there was the media knew basically that Pelosi was taken off a couple of days before she was going, right? Because right. it it wasn't super secret, right? Because and that's the thing; it's not a super secret uh, uh, trip, but it is very much. Um, It it has a lot to do with the China-Taiwan tensions, right? Uh, But she put this out today. That's her tweet, I think a few hours ago or something, that Pelosi put, uh, or some staffer put this out, you know. I'm leading a congressional delegation to the Indo-Pacific to reaffirm America's unshakable unshakable commitment to our allies and friends in the region. In Singapore, Malaysia, South Korea, and Japan, we'll hold high-level meetings to discuss how we can further our shared interests and values. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More so much America. Uh, But... Um, good job, Nancy. I mean, she's doing well for her age, but, you know, all com- all things considered. Um, the fact that she can actually, is she still competent enough to... I doubt she wrote that. No, that's a staffer, like, yeah. but... Uh,
0: I have footage of her speaking last week. I don't know if it was about her trip, but man,
1: it's gobbledygook. <clears throat> I know. Do that you want to hear her? I know. That's, Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think that's from that's from a while ago. Okay, is that, that's that's just showing that the oh, oh my god, we're sending this person to Taiwan. She was talking about a bill right. uh, from from last year, I think. She's talking about a bill. Uh, uh, she was talking about bird, bird, and um, what other uh, these kind of technical terms they use in Capitol Hill for uh, what they t- put in and take out of bills and all uh, kind yeah, of stuff. What, what, they, what of they assign to the bills, what they give into a bill, what they the kind of shorthand
0: or code right, names exactly. for...
1: But of course, she said it in, the, in her in her typical kind of like doddering daughtering kind of uh, yeah. style, and uh, it, yeah. So it's from it's from before, but yeah. it's
0: interesting that it goes viral. I'm looking at it now four point five million views on Twitter. I think that's because of it was recently shared. Mm. Um, again, people put the dots together themselves, even when they read too much into something. <laughs> you know, it's not a bad objective take because. Part of this story is that, okay, so what? Pelosi's going to Asia. They reaffirm American values, blah, blah, blah. But on the Chinese side, they also did their bit to make a lot of loud warnings and noises about her visit. Because although it's just Nancy Pelosi, she is the Senate majority leader at this time. And the last time this happened was when Newt Gingrich was Senate majority leader Um, during Clinton's second administration in 1997, and he flew to Taiwan. He was the first since America, the United States, formally recognized the one China policy in 1979 as part of the whole uh, deal with Nixon and Kissinger and so on to Mm -hmm. uh, do an about face and recognize Beijing, Chinese sovereignty, recognize the Chinese communist government for the first time since 1949, blah, blah, blah. Um, so since '79, the U.S. is officially accepting that Taiwan is part of China. Mm-hmm. Boom. Of course, Gingrich goes in '97, 97 and yeah. they didn't like that at all. Yeah, but, but it they couldn't do much about it back then. No, and, and now a, they're a lot more. Well, know, he, he wasn't
1: a, he wasn't representing the government. He was a Republican. And it was Bill Clinton in office, right? So right, he wasn't a representative of the government, and he was just went there in his own kind of like he was big up in the. he was just. It was it was more uh, more about domestic politics, right? It was about him uh, trying to expose the uh, you know the Clinton administration's kowtowing to China, but blah blah. blah and he was going to go and, uh, and give a give a high five to Taiwan, right? So it was more of a domestic thing. At least that's the way it was presented at the time, and that's uh-huh. why the Chinese didn't really
0: Clinton's mind. To, to the Clinton administration more than anyone else ar- made the Taiwanese army. Yeah, well, of it's course, nuts. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, but I mean officially, you know, yeah, in their official statements. But they've been doing it for. Uh, I think it was the, the, the Taiwanese have been buying shitloads, or been Americans have been selling shitloads of military equipment to Taiwan for for a for, long for, for a decade, at least, at least, at a Years. Yeah. Um, but the the interesting thing about Pelosi's tweet there is uh, is that it's not okay. So she's going. She's actually her plane's in the air right now. I think, or maybe it's landed. But she's going <coughs> to land in Singapore. So she's going to Singapore first. You can mm-hmm. see from the plane that it's going to Singapore, uh, and then she'll probably hop around. Right. But if we just look it's interesting that she's going to those four places. That that is, her trip is directly related to, to, uh, the Chinese, uh, Taiwan tensions, you know, uh, if you just throw up Google maps there, like she says, what Singapore, Malaysia, South Korea, and Japan. Uh, so you have, um, if you just go down a little, Well, there's Taiwan top, top right. And that's good there. Yeah. Singapore down the bottom left. Um, Malaysia. So when you say Singapore and Malaysia, well, you're saying the same thing. Singapore isn't of any... Uh, you know what I mean? Singapore isn't a separate country. Oh, I'm going to four countries. No, you're not. You're going to Singapore. It's like about five square miles or something. Uh, most, one of the most densely populated places on the, on the planet. Uh, but interestingly, she's not going to the Philippines and not going to Vietnam. And the Philippines and Vietnam would be much much more strategically, in a certain sense, important, certainly, than um, Malaysia. Uh, uh, or even South Korea, which is just further north above Taiwan there, but uh, apparently there isn't the same. So she's going to talk to um, countries that she hopes, anyway, or that she thinks, or the Americans think that they have at least some leverage with for them to be on side in the US's...
0: In the event of hostilities Or or,
1: or ongoing in terms of economic policies, the economic war in a certain sense, because America's Technically at war with uh, China already from an economic point of view, right? That it has mm. been for quite a while. But um, the interesting thing is that the Americans have gone back a long time. And it just gives you an idea of how long this has been on their minds and how long China has been on their minds. The Malacca Straits, there between um, just down at Singapore, there in between that's uh, in part of Indonesia, that long piece just left of Singapore, and Malaysia, the sticky area part of Peninsula. Peninsula of Malaysia, uh, the Malacca Straits. That's that's what that's where almost all of the cargo ships yeah. coming from China to Europe, some to 90%. Europe and and well and uh, what do you call it? East Asia, uh, East Asia and Europe go through there. And they've in their war gaming and all that kind of stuff, they the Americans have focused on that uh, in terms of as a possible, depending on the way they looked at it. One way to kind of like. Uh, screw over China would be for the Americans to blockade the Malacca Straits to stop all, but of course that's kind of shooting yourself in, in, in the, the way, that would be America and the West shooting itself in the foot as well uh, because they receive a lot of, the, particularly Europe receive a lot of their, pretty much all of their Chinese uh, Chinese products for, through those Malacca Straits so, um, but then they also gamed it in the sense of what if China blockaded that in a certain sense, so of course China wouldn't necessarily have to blockade it but they, there's a lot of uh, Western shipping comes through there as well to China to pick up. It's not just all Chinese uh, cargo ships coming from China. It's no, Western. It's both ways. Yeah. Going both ways. So it's complicated. But there's also been lots of uh, war games. Like I'm talking dozens and dozens over the years of, of different war gaming scenarios of what
0: Saudi oil goes through there right. to China. Yeah.
1: Of what they would do. So obviously it's, it's a high stakes game they're playing uh, in terms of any potential conflict and what it would look like. But they've, they've, they've war gamed all sorts of uh, situations of what they would do. Um, uh, or how it would play out in terms of uh, if China decided to invade Taiwan and what the Americans would or wouldn't do if they would do anything in response but one of the big things was like I was mentioned was that uh, it would be really important for them to have uh, the Philippines and Vietnam in particular on, on side because they could in a certain sense cause with Japan just to the north they could kind of encircle China in a certain sense but without the Philippines and Vietnam um, it's a lot harder Basically, especially because without the by by saying without the Philippines and Vietnam, you're saying that the Philippines and, and Vietnam are at best staying neutral and at worst being uh, aligned with to one extent or another, with China in this scenario. So that's a really bad situation that Americans can't do anything. So um, yeah, I just don't see. Bottom line is I don't see any conflict as people are envisioning it happening anytime soon, and by that I mean between now and the end of the year. Um, and if it, of course, like I said, it's high stakes. If it, if anything like happened, that happened, you can forget about, uh, um, you know, the prop, sanctions problems or whatever uh, as a result of Russia and stuff. You can multiply that by a hundred. If 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 something were to kick off in this area, in terms of the economic impact on the rest of the planet, you just, it's yeah, it's uh, it's Armageddon. It's doing it's Arm economic Armageddon. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. But the whole saber-rattling rat- thing and all that kind of stuff, with even with her going, like the Chinese know very well why she's going there in this context, why she's going to those few countries, you know? They don't like it. It's not building trust. It's doing exactly the opposite. But that's, they've been doing that for for a long time. Um, speaking out of two sides of their mouths. Speaking out of saying one thing and doing another, you know, to try and keep the... They call it strategic ambiguity.
0: Yeah. Basically. Well, here's an example of how you get that ambiguity. So... Pelosi's tweet, apart from these, the Chinese would see it as provocative to call it the Indo-Pacific region because that's part of the whole U.S. framing that they see it as one, you know, mm. and bringing India on their side, mm. they hope, in in, in, in containing China. Um, but otherwise, her address is, you know, it's neutral. Okay, but meanwhile, let's look at this one. Um, <clears throat> this, is, this is on the books at the moment in the U.S. Senate. This is a, a proposal to not just continue, not just to ignore the Chinese warming to please stop arming Taiwan and to sever all military ties. That was a Chinese formal request just a couple of weeks ago. In response, U.S. lawmakers introduced Bill to arm Taiwan, mm. a Lend-Lease Act. Mm-hmm. I presume mirroring what the style of what they just issued for Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. me. A group of Democrats and Republicans have introduced a bill that would authorize the Biden administration to create a new military program, aid to program for Taiwan, modeled after the 1940s Lend Lease Act. Um, The bill resembles legislation recently passed to boost weapons supplies to Ukraine. Listen to what one of them says, Marsha Blackburn. Senator Marsha Blackburn, she is such a hawk on foreign policy. It's crazy. Uh, scroll down a bit. We'll see if we get her quote. Um, yes, this is her in the fourth paragraph. Taiwan is our greatest partner in the Indo-Pacific region and their continued sovereignty, sovereignty, that's not one China, that's mm-hmm. that's different, is essential to challenging the new axis of evil. <laughs> so that's like strategic ambiguity you got some senators saying, "Oh no, I'm just you know right. going to visit Singapore. Yeah. That's all yeah. to affirm our Western values or some mm-hmm. shit." And then you've got that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the Chinese are going to hear both and go, and "Okay, been, well, which one do we act against?" Well, they've been here. Let's them. prepare for the yeah this they've, this set of statements. They've here. been
1: here. They've been hearing that ambiguity for for a long time. And the only thing you do in that situation is you prepare. You forget about. Listening to what the Americans are saying, forget about their, their ambiguity as an attempt to kind of like keep you uncertain and therefore, you know, uh, indecisive and um, kind of uh, and watch what ne- they're doing. neutralized in a certain sense. Well, you, you watch what they're doing, but you also plan yourself, you know, totally independent of what the Americans are saying and what, <clears throat> what you think they may, may not do. <clears throat> you plan um, your own strategy. Uh, and you decide, you know, I suppose if you, at some point, at some point in the future, you maybe you know put it out a, a number of years or whatever, and it's obviously tied up with uh, global events and what's happening, and also your military development and all that kind of stuff, and how the world is, you know, how the world is is changing and and turning. But um, you basically have in the same way Russia had a plan. You know what I mean? Sure, it was in the context of watching what the West was doing, but what Russia did and has done in Ukraine. Did not happen overnight. Did not happen over a few months. Did not even happen over a few years. It was at least as a tentative plan. It's been there for probably ten years to, to 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 deal with Ukraine. It's on the table. This is what we're going to do, and we'll see how things develop. But we have a plan to deal with that situation if things develop in that direction. And then, as you watch things developing that direction, your plan to deal with it becomes more and more and more concrete. And you and you take you, you make uh, moves to you know to put things in place so you can act on that plan. So you have a plan. In uh, that way, that's how you neutralize the ambiguity because the ambiguity is tried, an attempt to mess with your head and keep you indecisive so you don't know, saying one thing, doing another, doing one thing, saying another, that kind of stuff. It's like you don't play that game. You don't buy into that bullshit from the West. And the same way Russia did, uh, didn't do that, decided not to do that, which is a good idea. China has not done that as well. It has a plan, I'm pretty sure, as to what to do with, China, with Taiwan, and they're waiting to see. But it's ready to go <laughs>
0: So you wonder then, well, two, two questions arise. What is the situation on the ground in Taiwan? If you're comparing it to Ukraine, how far along is it to the point of a hostile armed country yeah. next door to you? Yeah, Which in this case doesn't... I can't see how it threatens to actually <coughs> infiltrate, not directly in, in terms of military conflict, on the Chinese mainland. That was different in the Ukraine situation. Mm-hmm. That threat was actually possible because yeah. of the wide-open shared land border. Right, right. Yeah, it's, um, it only goes here so far. It isn't. It only goes so far.
1: And, yeah, because it would be extremely difficult for the Americans to supply uh, Taiwan in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an invasion-type scenario uh, in the way that they've supplied Ukraine and continue to supply Ukraine.
0: Uh, there was a report. Basically, they can't do it. Remember we touched on it last year? That um, There was a report we can share it again. Uh, US Special Troops, Special Forces Troops had been in Mm. Taiwan since Mm -hmm. 2020. Mm -hmm. How many? It's obviously not that much because we would have seen evidence of their activities. But, you know, this is always, you look back at America's war, especially in Southeast Asia, that's Mm -hmm. how it always starts. Mm -hmm. It's just a few advisors. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, well, actually, we (laughs) we increased it to Mm 10,000 and now they're, They've created an army, you know, Vietnam. Yeah. Um, so I the question then is, well, how far along is this? And at what point is China's, you know, red flag? Okay, that's too much. Mm-hmm. And we're going to physically mm-hmm. stop this preemptively mm-hmm. from going any further. Yeah. I mean, if it's not all that bad, like you say, this could be a long ways off. This could be a decade in the making. It might take, I mean, I know it's it's dangerous to try to map a current situation with an exact historical comparison because it never works that mm-hmm. way. But if you take Russia and Ukraine, it's Kiev coup, counteraction, retake Crimea, that's eight years, immediately begin arming 10,000 and training 10,000 Ukrainian soldiers to NATO standards per year per year. Right. And then I guess it gets to a point where Russia's like, okay, that's yeah. that's too much. Red Stop. line, yeah, red line is crossed. So it's, crossed, it's yeah. going to take all those steps for China to do likewise? You know.
1: Yeah, well, it's totally a different ball game in that respect. Where it's like we just mentioned, it's not it's on in Ukraine and it's on the same landmass and it was a direct threat and and. and Again, a coup as well, where basically the government was completely taken over by, largely taken over by American interests and stuff. So that was a clear and present threat by, uh, to Russia from, for, for, from the West, you know that they saw and they had to do something about it. Taiwan's very different in that respect. It's an island. It's uh, it's out there in the sea, basically. It's um. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Um, China's you know China's military is you know just as 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 a, as effective. It, if it wanted to in terms of taking Taiwan. But again, it's a high-stakes game. The repercussions of the whole thing for the global economy and for yeah. um, everything else associated is uh, is really high. Nobody yeah. wants it. Like, n- China doesn't want to do that. Taiwan doesn't want that to happen because Taiwan. Taiwan would be, yeah. to, what, to one extent or another, destroyed. Um, and the U.S. would suffer seriously uh, economically at the very least. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, nobody wins in that situation. So you have to wonder why anybody would be even... If trying to use brinkmanship
0: to bring it there. Exactly,
1: yeah. Exactly, um, so yeah. I don't know if it's just one of those one of those things. Um, I don't it, think the it, U.S. It is, is
0: kind of shaping up to be like the. It's the, if your if your goal is destruction or creative yeah, destruction that's or the only, slow. That's the only scenario managed demolition of things. Yeah, that's then a, this is the Trump card. Right, that's Not the only Ukraine, scenario. This one
1: is that's the only explanation as to why the U.S. would push it. To the point where they would you know do something that they know that would provoke a Chinese uh, military response is if they actually wanted to cause chaos mayhem havoc in the global economy uh, and, and potentially bring the whole thing uh, to the edge and over the edge um, that's the only that's the only uh, explanation uh, as to why they would do that. You know? It would be a war of choice. Yeah, absolutely. They would do it. Un- there'd be no
0: accident here where Pelosi's no, accidentally no, shot out of the No, sky. and
1: there'd be no strategic advantage in, in, in any sense, unless in, in the old, uh, in the analogy that people use often like, I think, I don't know who said it, but it was like, um, well, someone, someone, some Russian, I think, said that uh, diplomacy with the US was like playing chess with a pigeon. Mm-hmm. You know, it just dumps uh, It just stomps across the board and knocks all the pieces over, and then says, "I won," and flies away. Uh, or the other, more general analogy of like when you're losing a game of chess or something like that, instead of actually getting waiting to the point where you're where you actually lose, where you're checkmated, uh, you just uh, before you get there, you just turn the table over and wreck all the pieces and say, "Well, no one won," because you can't suffer a loss, as you see it. The defeat, you won't won't tolerate a a kind of a defeat, a strategic defeat that that, uh, as they see it, will be very negative for for them. Um, And that's, again, that expands the whole thing out to global geopolitics and the rise of China and Russia and the Eurasian integration and China's one belt, one road. uh, All of that. So it's a much bigger game. You can't just look at it in terms of how important is Taiwan. Why would America bother with Taiwan. How important is Taiwan really yeah. for 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 America? You know what I mean. Taiwan's functioning pretty pretty well under the One China policy, right? I mean, it's sending all the the chips and all that kind of stuff for uh, for for you know
0: for most of the world. For
1: most of the world, but to but major. to America, you know, in terms yeah. of keeping America functioning, basically, because America has to keep functioning because it's top of the heap, right? It's it's a global superpower, blah blah blah. Um, so there's no threat. doesn't seem to be any threat. I don't think there's a threat coming from China where China would say, uh, we're going to stop, we're going to take over Taiwan and then, and then blackmail the rest of the world, and particularly America, by cutting off the supply of semiconductors. Uh, I, don't, I don't think, there's no reason for the Americans to think that that's going to happen, you know. Um, so it all seems to be coming from the other direction. Uh, where, where the threats... And the, the attempt that intimidation is coming from uh, America towards China over Taiwan, rabble rousing, threatening, like we talked about, doublespeak, ambiguity, doing one thing, saying another, making China feel like you know the Americans they're going to try and take Taiwan away from us. And in the same way, in that respect, in that small, micro, rather than macro, in that in that small focused uh, perspective on the value of Taiwan, it's primarily it's. Its dominance in the semiconductor industry and its supply to to the whole world. If in some scenario, if America was to, uh, you know, get um, Taiwan to declare independence and then align fully with the U.S. and divest and try and you know remove itself from Chinese influence, then at that point it could uh, threaten China. China's uh, production facilities and of particularly of semiconductors, you know what I mean. Mm. So, in that sense, that's all I can think of is in in terms of the actual uh, value or interest of Taiwan to both sides is is the semiconductor industry the dominance in the semiconductor industry. Um, but I don't think that's why would anybody rock the boat in that. It's working well for everybody, right? Yeah. So it can only really be from a, I think from a a broader geopolitical perspective, were America. And they have seen it for a long time. I mean, this goes back to the 1990s when, or, yeah, pretty much the 1990s when America saw, we talked previously about PNAC and securing the realm and projecting America's influence around the world because America is going to, you know, face peer competitors in the very near future. This is all stuff they're saying in the 90s, that, that the big threat to America and America's global dominance was the rise of particularly, you know, Asian and... and uh, Asian powers, particularly China, um, Iran, in the Middle East, and, and Russia. Um, so this has been on, going on for a very long time, and it's almost like, so you have to look at it in that broad perspective <laughs> and see how these crazies, as uh, Colin Powell called them in, in the U.S., view the world, view the position in the world, and view the threats to America's position in the world over the long term? And yeah. is this rabble-rousing with China part the, of that?
0: The early 1990s is key. It's in 1992-93 that uh, Chinese and Russian academics get together, and the first use of the term multipolar world order is Mm. coined. Mm. And I mean, Washington, D.C. through its pants. So that spurs the Pentagon, the PNAC-type documents, you know, we Re- reorienting,
1: rebuilding the, America's defenses.
0: Yeah, and projecting American power out. out round so that there can be no near peer competitor, right? Right. At the tail end, I'm looking at the list of this is anyone can find us on uh, Wikipedia. List of U.S. arms sales to Taiwan. Stick it up there. Okay, so uh, it goes back to the Carter administration, and there are yeah, there are some sales back then, in the tens of millions. Um, howitzers, guns. Mm-hmm. Um, it increases. <coughs> Go ahead and scroll down there. It increases under Ronald Reagan. Not by much, though. It's still in the... It Maybe. increases in from tens to hundreds of millions of dollars. You see the dollar value on the right there. Um, then H.W. Bush. So if you look at his the last entry, just before he signs out, this 6,000
1: million, millions, Six that's
0: now we're getting to the billions, Six billion. One yeah. 150 F-16 fighter aircraft. So they give Taiwan an air force in late, yep. late 1992. Right. As soon as Bill Clinton comes in, 1993, again, Boom. Ten,
1: 10 billion,
0: billion. Right. 200 Patriot missiles. So now they give them air coverage on the ground. That right there is the con- ground.
1: continuity of government because you change from a Republican to a Democrat government, right? And there was, uh, in, in where it counts there's no change in in terms of, you know, uh, international policy. uh,
0: Yeah, not only that, but the best work gets done between administrations. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No one's looking. Okay, just sign off on that and this. Um, That's interesting. Late 92, early 93, China was in no way, but in some ways, maybe it was. Maybe they could see already. Mm -hmm. They could predict at that point that China is going to gamed where it's going. China is going to become an economic superpower.
1: Yeah, you have to look at it again. It's really important to look at this. You can keep that up there, Scotty, but you, you have to look at this in the longer, longer term as well, you know, like in terms of the development of technology. You have to go back to like the, the Second World War, the outcome of the Second World War and the development of technology, the development of computers in the, you know, whatever, 60s, 70s, 80s, and then the spread of technology and the increase in in, in, te- in, in tech, in military tech, in, in business tech, all that kind of stuff, and how America kind of like, held on tightly to it, but eventually they saw that it was going to spread. And they, I mean, you can't stop that spread. I mean, right. you can't have that level They just up.
0: shouted at everyone for, quote, stealing our technology. Right, that's exactly. Not, it's right. Technology so it's, will it's inherently fairly, spread. It's
1: fairly easy to see that this kind of development of technology and, and therefore the creation of peer competitors was going to happen. You know what I mean? You don't, you, there's, people are spending their whole careers thinking about this kind of thing. But, yeah, so we're down here in 2000s. These are all millions, 513 million, blah, blah, keep going. Yeah, The first one on the George W. Bush. Look at this, before September 11th, early yeah. 2001, 18,
0: 18 billion. billion. And a shitload of stuff. Now, it says in the note that some, some of that didn't actually follow through. Still, though, the list is massive. As soon as Bush is in, it's weird how in between administrations, <laughs> yeah. they've been the biggest jumps.
1: Yeah, PNAC, think tanks, Washington establishment, deep state, um, Forty-four
0: harpoon submarine-launched anti-ship cruise missile. China didn't have ships to shoot down at that point. But mm-hmm. They're thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. They know what's coming.
1: Yeah. Well, they're thinking about other countries in the region as well, I suppose. Yeah. To some extent, but
0: right, and Taiwan could be just a base for yeah. yeah. Thirty a
1: uh, 2030 uh, What are those Apache Apache attack helicopters? Two and a half billion. Obama. Yeah. Continuing on three billion, as soon as he pops in, uh, five billion halfway uh, down. Yeah, keep going. Blah blah blah. Seventy-five billions, billions, billions.
0: Five and a half billion—a retrofit
1: of aircraft. Yeah, but and it's st- Trump, still mostly in the hundreds. Let's see Trump.
0: <clears throat> Trump, not much change.
1: Not a lot. No, no big uptick as soon as he came in. Interestingly, right, um, and not a lot. No. Well, there's a few towards billions the end okay, there, towards the end. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Eight Battle billion, tanks. Two billion, eight billion. Battle tanks, yeah. And then how do we, get? we're getting close to the end here, yeah. Yeah, quite a few actually in Trump's latter years. Another two billion. And then... Um, Not much jo- so far on Joe the Biden. Right. Well, that's because most of it's already been supplied, you know. Uh, right, it's done. Yeah. They've been armed up the wazoo, Now, basically. this,
0: this Lend Lease program, that'll be like taking this into a new territory because it's unlimited. Mm-hmm. In its possibilities.
1: Um, yeah. So, um, so,
0: Pelosi, why would, they be,
1: why would they be doing that? No cigar. Yeah, I mean, that's just for, I mean, of course, you can explain all that by just making money, right? And that's the primary focus uh-huh. of, the, of the defense industry in, the, in America is to make money, right? Sell as many weapons as possible to as many people as possible. So you can explain a lot of it under that. In that context, but why is Taiwan buying it? Who's convincing them that they need to arm themselves to their teeth in this way? For what eventuality? Well, if in doubt, basically, let's buy all the weapons, right? Yeah, it may be unlikely that at, the, at, a, at, a, at lots of times through those arms, arms purchases uh, that we're not really seeing anything imminent. Why are we... But, you know, we need to, we need to have a military and we need to protect ourselves. But, <coughs> yeah. again... It's not it's really becoming... to defend... Taiwan is, no.
0: is a goner. But all of that... I think China will win.
1: All of that becomes... Like, that's US... It becomes, makes a kind of, in a certain sense, a US protectorate. Right? makes Taiwan a US military protectorate because it's all military equipment. It all has to be serviced by US military uh, personnel and probably a lot of it, uh, depending on how much, how many Taiwanese personnel have been trained on it, it has to be... Some of it has to be uh, manned and <coughs> by, or at least have American advisors there. You know what I mean. So it really is getting American boots on the ground in Taiwan in a very important way, i.e., uh, get them into the military infrastructure um, and control to a large extent, or <coughs> at least, or at least uh, for a lot of leverage of the military the, infrastructure to be able to use
0: it as well. Yeah, interoperability, right for sure. Um, so uh, but, the but question is defending Taiwan. That's that's off off the cards. The um, point, yeah. Um, no one even I actually read a bit around this, and there's, there's a lot of military analysts in the U.S are pissed that the Taiwanese have been rather ambivalent about accepting training programs um, yeah. about really committing the troops, right. the personnel right. to the mm-hmm. NATO
1: outlook on China. Yep. So well, that's it, in, in out of respect for China, basically. Smart, well, it's, it's also
0: it's a reflection of the political situation in Taiwan. I mean, right. they're Chinese people. Huh? Exactly. Uh, as That's much as line. their elites might be, no, we're democratic in this two-party system, you know. Um, they When it comes down to it, they're not going to want to basically rehash the Civil War of 1949 mm. with a billion and a half people nope. next door. No. You know?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. There's no point, really. I mean, there, we can look up board game scenarios and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Japan would expect it, would be expected to be onside with uh, supply. Because America has a lot of bases there, you know what I mean? They've got bases over over much of the, much of the territory in, in, around the South China Sea there, you know. Uh, but whether or not they'd be allowed to use it, or particular countries that host American uh, military bases or military personnel or military equipment, whether they would be allowed to use it in that kind of a scenario is a totally different uh, uh,
0: I think you've answered it well. This is not about to be a Franz Ferdinand moment to trigger World War Three, no. but this is um, something that's in the cards as a trigger for
1: economic poo bar.
0: Yeah, and Possibly. it'll be contrived. And but when it happens, yeah, you'll have seen plenty of other signs that you know yeah. the plug's about to be pulled. Yeah, you'll see another spheres. a serious
1: uptick in uh, in in, in as well. You know what I mean? And There'll be other evidence that something like that is going to go down. But I don't think it's j- just yet. Uh, just on Pelosi, there's, uh, I meant to say this. There's a great little... It's just funny. It's a little video. Uh, it's from a, a kind of a, a podcast or something or a, a vlog between two people on... Uh, two, two vloggers or something on Twitter. And, uh, well, just watch it here. It's kind of funny. Um, it's about Pelosi's trip. Just It gives you an idea of the average person's... Maybe at least some section of the American population's perspective on Pelosi.
2: America recognizes the China One policy, the One yeah. China policy where Taiwan, Hong Kong are part of that. Uh, however, there were, there were stipulations to that whole situation being that as long as America can do business with them, uh, then it's cool. Then you could be one policy on paper, but at the end of the day, they have their own sovereignty and stuff. Mom, what are you doing? My mother's here. Can I have that coffee? That's awesome. You're Ma, come good. say hi to everybody. Would you... St- oh, again, again. Mom, say hi. Fiorella is here. Hi, Fiorella. My mom was really crawling hi. in here. I didn't she, want to interrupt. She was crawling in here army style on the ground <laughs> to give me a note because she didn't want to interrupt the combo couch. Can you believe this, ladies and gentlemen? Give me kids. kiss. China is going to shoot down Pelosi's jet if she
0: attempts to go to Taiwan, which will start a war. It just came off. Yeah. Hot off the press. Do you
2: think she should go to She's Taiwan? She's right. Yes. Why?
0: Because I want them to shoot down her jet. Mom, go get me coffee.
1: <laughs> He's like, do you think okay, you should? eat th- that up, please. Like, oh wait do, wait, you wait, think, wait. do you think she should go? Uh, do you think she should go to Taiwan? Yes. Why? Because I want them to shoot down her jet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I saw another tweet along similar lines. You know, that plane better not come home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> anyway um yeah, it also speaks to the kind of the fatalistic attitude mm. uh, among a lot of people it's like they're kind of a lot of people are sick of it in general all the b s so yeah they, they kind of when they watch Pelosi's plane they're like, you know I can imagine them eating popcorn going."
1: Yeah, I mean, are they going to shoot this thing down? Well, the <laughs> Go thing on, is, do it. <laughs> people have been over the past couple of years, and and not just with COVID stuff, but with Ukraine and America's kind of like not even past couple of years, but like the past twenty years, you could say, of America's kind of like rabble rousing and projecting its power and influence and invading countries and destroying places, and then the, the more particularly the past few years have put people in a certain situation where it's like, just like get on with it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like. Our leaders have, maybe they don't understand it or express it in this way, but there's a sense that the, the feeling is that...
0: They've run the things into the ground anyway. These
1: people have wrecked the place. You know, they're a bunch of, they're just off the leash. They're, they're terrifying us. They're trying to terrorize us all the time kind of thing. And now they're talking about more war. Well, you know what? Go ahead and do it then. You know what I mean? I mean, just kind of shit or get off the pot, basically. <laughs> you know, people have had enough, you know. Um, or not they've had enough, but they're just, you know... They've reached that point, you know. Uh, but the whole green uh, green thing, uh, yeah, energy crisis. I mean, Russia cut off gas supplies to Latvia recently. Uh, just the other day, they're apparently um, cited as, of course, you read it in the media. It's because... Because uh, they're vindictive Russians. Well, uh, kind of half answer, half truth answer, which is that um, the reason they're doing it is because Latvia won't pay in rubles as Russia demands. Russia has demanded that Latvia and other every country that wants Russian uh, oil or gas needs to pay in rubles. And they leave it at that. And so it sounds like unreasonable. Why did they, well, the, Russia just demanding they pay in rubles and the Latvian said, no, we want to pay you in a different currency. And Russia says, no, you have to pay in rubles because rubles are awesome. But, of course, people with a That's short-term There's people, well, people with a short-term memory uh, uh, might not know that because um, of sanctions um uh, countries are not allowed by America, basically, to pay in euros or dollars, pay for any oil or gas. And uh, usually, like, um, we mentioned this quite a while ago whenever it was actually the sanctions were announced and stuff, but the usual way that that happened up until now has been going on for many years, is that to pay for European countries, to pay for Russian oil or gas, Russia, Russia's gas prom gas problem bank, they have a banking division of of the energy of the gas company, they have a bank account in the European country that wants to buy their oil or gas. They deposit uh, euros into that uh, euro country account uh, owned by Gazprom and then they get their their gas. But if they do that now, uh, those assets will be seized. Um, So Russia is not allowed by America to get access to any payments for its oil or gas that are paid into European or American or any banks banking system or banks that America and the EU has control over. So, so Russia effectively said,
0: well, is effectively giving Latvia gas for free.
1: Well, well, obviously they're not going to give them gas for free, right? You say you have to pay for it and the only way we can get secure payment is for you to pay it um, into a bank account in Russia uh, in rubles um, because of sanctions. And But sort of, they were forced to do that and then countries say no we're not going to do that because well we're not on team we're not in team apocalypse then if we if we if we in any way infringe these sanctions are shown to be given any uh, circle to russia so we're not going to pay for it so yeah the, basically the idea was give us your gas for free give us your gas and we'll make and we'll make a we'll pretend to pay for it but we know that if we pay for it you're not getting the money because america will seize it basically or, or it'll be blocked in the bank so russia's like what the fuck are you talking about just like you know, are, are you all crazy? Like, I mean, <laughs> you want our gas, pay for it. It's it's very fairly it's, sim- it's pretty. It's it's, it's a fairly simple concept that's as old as human human civilization. When you want to trade. buy some trade, when you <laughs> want to buy something from someone, you pay for it. So it's bizarre that, I mean, again, and what pisses me off is that the that the media just ignores, doesn't tell people that. you know what I mean? Studiously ignores that fact. Um, but as a result of all this, the headline is just simply
0: Russia cuts off gas, too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we told you Russia was going to cut off, and we,
1: yeah, they're using it as a political weapon. Blah, it's complete nonsense. I mean, but it's just I'm beyond it at this point because if people haven't figured it out, then they'll never figure it it out. It it
0: may be it may speak to the cleverness in quotes of the whole charade here that this this has been tweaked and concocted in the last six months since the war started. To, to bring about these very headlines where you can say, Oh, Russia's just cut off the gas to Finland, and Latvia, yeah. et etc. Et we told you they were going to do that yeah. after you've of course made sure that that's the only possible
1: right outcome yeah. outcome right yeah, so in this and this winter, when people are freezing in their different European countries because they can 't heat their homes or can't fuel their cars or whatever because it's too expensive or can't heat their homes because it's too expensive, or oh, there's no actual access the the access has been uh Reduced or supply has been reduced, uh, they'll blame Russia. They'll say Russia's freezing people in their homes. And they, I mean, they continue to do that because they've done that all along. They've done it for many years, and the, and, but it's just really ramped up over the past, uh, really this year, since uh, the Ukraine situation. But, so it makes a mockery of the whole green energy thing that we've all been told we need to get on board and get behind. We're still get, being told we have to get on board because, they, just throw that one up there, Scotty, the IEA, which is the International um, Energy. Energy agency said that the world is re-entering the coal age. I mean, how how do people make sense of that? Do you know what I mean? I mean, they may not see much. Well, this is in the Western media as well. Uh, how do people make sense of that when they're being told? Have been told for years that we need to green, need to cut down coal's really bad. Burning, you know, burn green energy, burn only burn, you know, pellets or you know grass or I don't know. Can you burn grass? I don't know. Only burn, you know green sources of energy if you're going to burn anything at all and oh. uh, we need to stop using gas and fossil fuels and especially coal. Coal being the worst offender. We need to stop it and as a result of what they've done just in the past few months, the usage of coal is going to increase this year and next year. It's going to actually increase dramatically next year. That's what they predict. So how does how do you square that with the bullshit <clears throat> spewing from the mouths of EU diplomats and EU politicians about Harassing people about having to reduce their carbon footprint and go s- get solar panels and you know build more wind turbines and all this kind of stuff, but this is the reality: we're actually increasing the use of the fossil fuels. They say is destroying the planet, mm-hmm. and that shithead in, in Spain says that comes up with the idea that the Spanish prime minister says that we should people. He said, that, I, I don't know if it's a, it was a, an order or an official law or something, but he said. Uh, Pedro Sanchez uh, uh, the Spanish Prime Minister said that men uh, workers should stop wearing ties yeah
0: I mean to quote save energy
1: to save energy because you'll be cooler right stop wearing ties so you'll, you'll, you won't need as much air conditioning I mean he,
0: and he's ordered that all government buildings at uh, AC units be turned to set to 27C
1: 27?
0: 27C you may as well not have AC
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so, but how do, yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. How do people not think this is I think he got, think this he got the shoes? idea from
0: the European Commission. Um, no doubt. It says here, BBC report on this energy-saving, no tie wearing measure. The measure was a part of the European Commission's 210 billion euro plan to boost renewable energy and reduce European countries' dependency on Russian gas. But to boost renewable energy, but we just saw the coal. You joked about, you know, burning grass, but the answer is you can't square the ideologies. You can't. But objectively, this is actually a greener development than where things were going. What am I talking about? Biomass. That was a huge chunk of the replacement fuel source in Europe and also in the U.S. And and what's his name? Michael Moore made a documentary about this a couple of years ago. It picked apart a lot of inconsistencies in the green movement, but one of them that was stood out in my mind was the unbelievable use of biomass. What is biomass? It's They're basically cutting down forests at a pace never seen before Right. in the U.S. That was where the documentary was based, but I'm sure it's a case in Europe as mm-hmm. well, for so-called biomass mm-hmm. to fuel power stations. Right. Um. Yeah. You know, people like... Again, and it's, you it's actually where the ideology is there. But it, less biomass and more coal is greener. Objectively, it's greener to go with coal.
1: Yeah, because because biomass. Well, it's also the fact that I think wood is more polluting officially than coal.
0: I I don't know about that, but I, I know that today coal is so well or maybe it's more burned pe- that the very little it of up. it actually seeps. Uh, Escapes right exactly. That's, uh, a, that's what I'm thinking. They, they made the process so green. Yep. Uh, in, in an attempt to save the coal industry, actually. Yeah. It is super green. And and the reason
1: they thing. Thing. the reason they say that burning wood, basically chopping down trees and burn, burning wood, is a green, uh, is green energy. It's not green energy at the at the point of 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 the burning of the combustion of the wood because it produces. I'm pretty sure it produces more CO2, uh, CO2, or more more. It's more heating, quote-unquote, heating of the planet mm. uh, than coal, or more polluting than coal, but it's green because when you cut down a tree, you plant another one. And they're that
0: supposed to, but that more documentary said that's not well, happening.
1: Well, it's 40 years. Right. Because trees sequester CO2, right, right. Uh, from the atmosphere, but in 40 years' time. But we're told that we have to do it by, by the end of this decade. We have to do it in eight years, or, or we're all going to be dead. It's just... None of it makes any sense, but they keep talking about it. It's clown shoes. This, this, this guy in, in Spain, like when they come up and he gets from the EU, like, stop wearing ties. How can people not think that the, these people are deranged? They're not. They're, they're, they're having a laugh. They're joking. Are they, are they serious? Are they serious with that? Or are they actually yeah. just laughing behind their hand at the population when they say stuff like that? I know. I don't know.
0: Well, Sanchez is the guy I mentioned last week who goes to a fire... In Spain, in the middle of Spanish summer, and says because three people were killed in that fire, that you know he's going to use it, this platform as a to, to lecture the Spanish people that climate change kills, right? Like you know you're talking to people who are used to fires every summer. Um, okay. Also from the um, crazy climate change desk, uh, check this one out. It's not actually news, but it <clears throat> they're they're tripling down on this idea. From the Guardian, German cities imp- impose. This is not a suggestion. Impose cold showers and turn off lights amid Russian amid Russian gas crisis. Mm. <laughs> Russian uh, Hanover is the first large city to impose energy saving measures, and Berlin switches off monument spotlights. Mm-hmm. Um, scroll down a bit. They're going <clears> to <throat> turn off spotlights on monuments in cities. Turn off fountains impose cold showers on municipal swimming pools and sports halls yeah. as the country races to reduce its energy consumption in the face of a looming Russian gas crisis. Yeah. <clears throat> so clown shoes, right? What were they saying? Well, from, from the what causes heart attacks mm. desk last week, what was the news item, the latest one? Do you remember? Cold showers, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cold showers, like, even though
1: that's not true, <clears throat> actually a good thing for your health. But they,
0: they, they can trip <coughs> over all, all this because they never see it connected. You know, they'll never. But they not, don't care about, about. it They're not there's, serious about it.
1: You can see how anybody would conclude that there's some agenda here. Like in the, in, the, in the time of you know, disruption of global supply, supply chains, you know, certain products not available in uh, in in supermarkets. You know, the whole world being on a on, on a, an increasingly unstable basis. Whole globalization being kind of starting to falter a little bit. Economy tank, inflation way up. You know, American recession, all that kind of stuff. Um,
0: oh no, no. It's not a recession. Yeah,
1: they, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's but not a recession if we change the word. Recession. According to Wall Street, it is. You know what I mean? Okay. But not to not to the Biden administration, of course. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> in that time of real uncertainty and growing scarcity of Energy sources and potential food and, and potentially food products. They're they're cutting off energy supplies and making it more difficult for people to get access to energy supplies. More more expensive for people to get access to energy supplies. Like willfully doing it as they are with Russia. They just cut off Russia. They just say Russia, we're not buying your oil anymore because Ukraine for, for moral which, reasons, which is a temporary thing. Obviously, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be over, and we'll talk about that in a minute. It's going to be over. You know, in a relatively short period of time it'll all be done, but they 're going to continue on with uh destroying their uh, access or you know stopping access to russian energy supplies and at the same time across Europe anyway they're um trying to stop farmers from being able to grow food and and in particular not even in particular but also meat like in Ireland. In, in Holland, I think, is another one, and maybe, I'm not sure which other countries, but they're all getting on board with the same idea of forcing dairy farmers, and they're focusing on, on meat, basically. They're focusing, focusing on meat and forcing dairy farm or, or basically cow farmers, cattle farmers, to uh, reduce their their herd by 25%. And in Ireland in particular, just this, this last week, <coughs> the, the greens were, or the agriculture minister and Ireland was wanted a thirty percent reduction, and uh, they negotiated it down to only a twenty five percent reduction in in ireland 's uh, cattle farmer you know the, the the livestock basically over the next five or six years um, and is the premise to to quote green, green the planet yes right absolutely that 's the only reason is to stop mm. global warming is is kind of eviscerating, effectively, Irish, and this is happening in other countries in Europe, cattle farming and food production. And in New Zealand,
0: I have an item. Uh, I think we can watch the whole thing. This is a news report from New Zealand this week. The New Zealand government is going to tax burping cows. Apparently. Apparently.
2: While belching is widely considered to be rude, livestock don't
0: seem to care. All day, every day, they burp. But it's not the act of burping that's the problem. It is the methane that they release into our atmosphere. The average cow emits a whopping 220 pounds of methane gas a day. Well, New Zealand is doing something about it by taxing burping livestock. Mike Drolet explains.
2: With a population of just 5 million, New Zealand's carbon footprint is relatively small. Its hoof print, however, is through the roof. And now, in a world first, New Zealand farmers will have to pay a tax for every one of the methane-emitting 10 million cattle and 26 million sheep that roam the scenic countryside. The farmers will be able to mitigate their tax burden if they lower emissions by modernizing their operations. Where the program could fail is if farmers pick up and move their operations to another country.
0: When you shut down farms and they go someplace else, then that doesn't mean that the demand for these products that these farms used to produce all of a sudden ceases to exist. The demand is still there and will be satisfied by somebody else, elsewhere in the world. And that means that emissions will simply shift from one place to another.
2: Cows and sheep are ruminant animals, meaning they have four-chambered stomachs that act like fermentation vats that create methane, 95% of which comes right out of their mouths. As far as greenhouse gases go, methane traps up to 36 times more heat in the atmosphere than carbon dioxide blah, blah, blah. does, blah, blah. and that's bad. Well, wasn't, wasn't but it, while uh, the carbon dioxide... Wasn't
0: it farts and, are it, and that's bad. I'm <laughs> just us? being
1: polite there, because wasn't it all about cow farts before? Well, why is it burps now? Right. 95% of the, of, of the methane comes out of their mouths?
0: Science, Joe. Science changes. Science changes. Yeah. Okay. Science, science. Science says last week. Science says this week. So yeah, it's it's incredible. Like it's global. It's and again, like we come back to our earlier discussions about this. I mean, what's the point in decimating a surplus producer of cattle like New Zealand? You know, when, as the guy points out in the show, your demand is you're not going to change demand that way. Well, actually, ironically, in a dark way, you are going to. That's what they think. They're going to force new behaviors on people. We're going to eat less meat yeah. as far as the plan is concerned.
1: Under, yeah, under the under the excuse or the, the, the explanation that if you don't, you're, you, you humans, you people are destroying the planet. We're saving you from yourselves, basically. If you continue on with your excesses of eating meat and uh, and, and having warm showers and that kind of stuff, you're actually going to destroy yourselves. So we have to save you from yourselves by denying you warm showers, denying you energy, and denying you access to meat in particular. Uh, and that way we will save you to death. Yeah. Save you to death. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's old America's, uh, what was it, right to protect? of yeah. Power, uh, going around the world, protecting populations, saving p- populations to death. Um from imaginary threats that America made up. Um, Yeah, Ukraine, um, just moving on. Did we we move on to Ukraine? Sure. Uh, Ukraine was Navy Day in Ukraine yesterday. Um, In Russia. Sorry, in Russia. Um, But yesterday someone dropped the the Ukrainians, someone. Ukrainians used a drone. And Ukrainians in Crimea, Used, right, a, a, used a modified, just commercial drone, or whatever, to drop uh, uh, munitions, basically, an explosive like an IED or whatever, on uh, on, on an area in in, in Sevastopol, uh, Sevastopol. On Sevastopol, the Sevastopol, navy headquarters. On the navy headquarters in Sevastopol. Sevastopol. Sevastopol, um, which is kind of interesting or worrying in a certain sense. They can't. That's they a can't, Russian
0: red line, right?
1: Well, in, well. Not really. I mean, it, it's it's a small incident, but it's yeah. it, it's interesting in the fact that it, it came from within Crimea. So there's basically saboteurs within Crimea.
0: Okay, it wasn't. It didn't no. cross over. No,
1: because it was a commercial, you know, it was a basic, just a mod. They've been using those.
0: It wasn't one of those kamikaze things.
1: No, those DGA drones, whatever. They've right. been modifying normal drones the just to carry a grenade a, or something. Uh, yeah, Exactly. Um but they cancelled the Navy Day celebration celebrations or Navy Day parade or whatever of, of the boats in uh, in Sevastopol because because of that. Um but elsewhere in Ukraine then they
0: They they fired a kamikaze drone yesterday as well at a humanitarian convoy. Right. Um in in Nergodar, I think it's it's Russian controlled mm-hmm. Donbass. Uh, it wasn't in. It wasn't. Um, it was stationary. It was parked, so no one was killed. Hmm. But that just speaks to the the sick stuff they get up to. Um, the but probably the biggest one that was most talked about in terms of strikes last week. The uh, the uh, obliteration. I think up to sixty dead of Ukrainian POWs mm-hmm. at a detention center right. in Russian-controlled Donbass. Right. Uh, Russia obviously says Kiev did it. The USA obviously says Russia did it.
1: Yeah. So just think about that. Russia, This the thing was, this was a detention center that was holding among other people, mainly mainly POWs, but a lot of... Uh, from Azov. From the Azov style, right? Right. And mm. some members of the Azov battalion. And they'd been, so they'd been taken there, like, what, six, is it two months ago now almost? Yeah. A couple of months ago, when they left, when they surrendered, basically and left uh, uh, Azovstal, and they were taken to there. Eventually, they ended up there. They'd been there for quite a while, and they were, so, sort of, you know, uh, um, provided for, let's say, by by the Russians and the and the DPR, and kept there. And there was uh, a trial, basically, or beginning or in process, soon to begin, basically, to take statements from them and to, to try them for, for crimes, basically. So they would invested a lot of time and effort into keeping these guys here, prisoners of war, to, to investigate who they were and to put them on trial, basically. And, and likely giving
0: that, them amnesty at the end of all this.
1: Possibly, and, but also to, for them to, to fess up, to sure. reveal uh, information about what they got up to. Uh, what they got up to, not just in in Ukraine over the past five months, but previously in in Donbas, you know, um, and who they were talking right. to and working so, with, so Americans, think ab- right? So think exactly. So think about the logic of Russia doing that, and then what shelling from a distance, because it was clearly you know
0: an incoming projectile from afar, right? Bar.
1: right. Uh, that killed most of them. <clears throat> Uh, in its own territory, and all the only the only pl- possible explanation is they did it to, to try and blame the, the Ukrainians, because there's no other reason that Russia would uh, or, or, the, or the DPR uh, would would benefit from um, killing these people, especially when they're planning to, to try them and use their their testimony as uh, to provide evidence to the world to the extent that they can of of Ukrainian war crimes in Donbass. So, obviously, it's, a, it's, it's not a good... It's not no benefit. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely a negative for them, but the benefit, the supposed benefit, is that they get to blame Ukraine for doing it. Can you believe that? I mean, that's yeah. the actual narrative that the, that the Ukrainians have come up with, and you're meant to believe that. And, of course, the media, Western media, spreads it across the, yep. across the board. W- Washington
0: Post um, said exactly that. And it's interesting, Mark Ames, who used to be based in Moscow... Uh, as a journalist, um, his comment on that spinning of it is simply the mainstreaming of quote good conspiracy theories continues. So he's, he's that's a dig at you know <clears throat> the r- exposure of conspiracy theories in the media only in the sense that it's Russia who engages in skullduggery mm-hmm. to create certain optics to make to fool you into thinking certain things, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably a reference to you know <coughs> the false flag right. warnings that the U.S. State Department gave at the outset of all this.
1: Right. <clears throat> so yeah.
0: well, the, the Russians have done media reports <coughs> with fragments of the offending shell mm-hmm. and claimed this is HIMARS, ha- ha- mm-hmm. the American long-range yeah. weapon that targeted right. this place. So um, obviously, the more, <coughs> more actually, reason.
1: Yeah, that was a more reasonable explanation is that the Ukrainians did it in order to silence these guys because yeah. they didn't want them testifying in any way. They didn't, yeah. want, them, they didn't want them in Russian hands, basically, so they, they decided to kill their own.
0: They killed their own. They killed their own, the most loyal, the most fanatical. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that, uh, you know, Eurovision song contests and other venues in the West, a right. uh, gay pride parades in the West, right. Save the, the Azov-style defenders, you Save know, them, yeah. the ones where we love the most, mm-hmm. the most... Bestest, awesomest,
1: and we obliterate It's them. such a clown show. Uh, people's brains must, must be mush. Like anybody who subscribes to that narrative must just, their brain is just mush at this point. Um,
0: Meanwhile, Kiev forces are firing anti-personnel right. mines into Donetsk. Yeah,
1: butterfly. You musicians. saw those little things. Yeah, yeah they they're banned. Like, they're, yeah.
0: they're anti-personnel. They're small, right? The shell goes up and it explodes and it just drops them. Yeah. Um, and you can walk on it, mm-hmm. and it blows your foot off. Mm-hmm. That's it; it won't mm-hmm. kill you, mm-hmm. but it's your foot's gone, right. and you're meant to be incapacitated. Yeah. But it's
1: now that Donbass is <laughs> taken, basically, pretty much fully, and because Ukraine is, is evacuating pretty much anybody left in 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 Donbas, anybody that not any of their troops, there's not many troops left. But the entire of the, the Donbas region, Luhansk and Donetsk, is pretty much done at this point. Um, so yeah, it's it's open season for for the Ukrainian military to, to attack just like, the civilian population, to yeah. shell and try to kill as many civilians in Donbass as they can.
0: On that note, there's a sickening, it's, it's sickening to me in potential. Uh, now, this is RT's reporting of it, so the Russian version. Kiev orders forced evacuation of Uk- Ukraine-controlled DPR areas. Mm-hmm. So they still hold a lot of the Donetsk region. Mm-hmm. Um, The official word from Kiev is that they're telling these people because gas supplies in the regions are hosed apparently for the upcoming winter, there'll be nothing. There'll be no heating. So they've ordered 200,000 people to move back with them. Mm -hmm. That scares the shit out of me because um, it just smacks of basically taking civilians hostage because you can bet the bottom dollar that those two hundred thousand are mostly ethnic Russians who support the Russian side. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they start loading them on trains, and there is, there are images of them being loaded on trains, um, I don't know where that will lead to. Probably nowhere good.
1: Yeah, we were just talking before the show actually about the Ukrainian mindset and the kind of, uh, especially the, in particular the, the mix of. When you get a mix of Western values with, maybe it's it's probably more than this, but one way to look at it is a mix of uh, w- where Slavic-type people take up, you know, fully absorb or adopt Western, a Western mindset or Western values. It just doesn't work. It, I mean, this is, you've probably seen a bunch of these on uh, on Twitter. Defense, one of them's called Defense of Ukraine. There's another, there's a bunch of different ones that promote... Uh, <laughs> Promote um, you know what's going on in Ukraine, they're all slava Ukraine, and uh, you know this is like they, they, they put I think this is from today actually, uh, yeah somebody made this you know <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. today, HIMARS has a Ukrainian heart beating inside it. Today, HIMARS wears Ukrainian military uniform. I mean they're, they're so pathetic, you know what I mean I mean and I'm not denying them the, glory. I mean yeah, you exactly. see the Russian side making no, like exactly. that. no exactly there's something depraved about about it you know but and i, I mean I understand that people who feel that they're they are side, they are the subject of, of an invasion and they hate the aggressor and all that kind of stuff um well they have they have a right it's natural that they would get angry and you know try and you know use their own kind of anti-invader propaganda and all that kind of stuff, but there's just something weird and a bit depraved about the way these kind of, especially on Twitter, how they express themselves and how they, their, their mindset, how they view the whole situation, you know what I mean? There's been lots of other examples where other pe- people have been the subject of, a, of an invasion or an occupation over a long period of time, and you don't get that level of, if, 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 people, are gen- if, people, are, if people genuinely feel, if an invading, if an invaded or occupied people genuinely feel that they're that right the right and moral good is on their side and that they feel like the underdog there's a certain humility and forbearance and stoicism about the way that they deal with that occupation because they know in their heart that they're that they're they're fighting the right fight or they're fighting the good fight and they are the actual they have the moral high ground so mm-hmm. they're willing to put up with a lot of stuff and they just get on with the job of doing it and they don't they they'll take you know they'll glorify a little bit and any victories they'll Big up a lot of any victories they have, like the Houthis in Yemen, right? But they won't distort so much, you yeah. know what I mean? The 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 picture of what's actually happening. If they're, if they're if they're not going well, they'll have a solemn ceremony or whatever, or they won't even say anything about it. They'll about just it. do it quietly, exactly. you know. But these Ukrainians are like they'll have it they, absorbed. they
0: turn an abject defeat into in, a total into, victory,
1: into a copium victory. Yeah, and Washington, Washington Post victory. goes, "Wow, yeah, yeah,
0: this must be a factual."
1: So it's <laughs> it's the it's, yeah, it's the allegiance or the 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 combining of. of of those kinds of people in Ukraine now, maybe it's completely. Maybe this is all just State Department stuff. You know, maybe this is all being completely put up. Maybe this this account, Defence of Ukraine, act isn't actually in Ukraine at all. I think should, the Russians claim they targeted their, their psyops, yeah. offices.
0: But in terms in of Kiev, yeah, very
1: odd, right? But I've seen it also in individuals. And again, I don't know on Twitter whether individuals yeah. are actually who they say they are. <clears> but there's individuals, you know, particularly women for some reason, uh, Ukrainian women uh, of different of different note, who, who have a s- the same kind of vitriolic, almost hysterical... Well, you remember uh, the video that
0: of the official Ukrainian government ministry put out <coughs> showing right. a Ukrainian actress <coughs> saying something about beautiful Ukraine. She's standing <coughs> in a field and she's wearing traditional dress and it pans out, evil Russians, they crush us underfoot. And then it ends with her beheading a Rusky. Yeah, Like, they project it out to the whole world. We mm. want you to see this... I don't think it's going the way they think it is. Um, it maybe yeah. it has a hold on a certain
1: that kind of that kind of ang- percentage of westerners, but in my experience, that kind of anger and uh, kind of bloodthirstiness and hatred always comes from a person who feels that they're that 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 are kind of knows in some sense that they're actually the aggressor. They have, they have the aggressive. Instinct, the aggressive yeah. tendency—they're actually the aggressor, and it's, and they can't help but display it in the way that they talk about it, in yeah. the way that they, uh, even if they pitch themselves at the same time as an underdog and they're under threat and stuff, uh, they—it's people who don't have the, actually the moral high ground, don't have good on their side. There's some, there's some kind of you know objective good, let's say, or, or commonly accepted, uh, you know, in terms of common morality, what's the right and wrongs of situation. They know somewhere in their minds that they that they're not. They don't hold that moral high ground, but they're trying to claim it. Yeah, I'm thinking here actually of of, of Northern Ireland and stuff. You know, uh, with uh, with uh and and Israel and the Israelis. You know, and and the, the hatred and anger that the Israelis, for example, would would over the years have shown towards Palestinians. You know, even though at the same time the Israelis have always claimed that they're. Best. Uh, well, they're, well, they're not only the best, but they're under threat. They're the victim. We're surrounded, so claim, by, a sea surrounded a horde, by a sea of Arabs yeah. and and uh, you know uh, a people, a land, a land for a land without a people for a people without a land. And we're here to civilize the place. And only we've, democracy we've, in the Middle East. We've been persecuted for centuries. Blah blah. blah. You know that's the yeah, whole rhetoric. The Ukrainians but, have that in space. But their hatred that they show to the people that in actuality they are oppressing while they claim to be the victim. Is, is pretty apparent. Yeah. And it's the same, it was the same with the, with the loyalists, the Protestants in Northern Ireland during the, the Troubles in Northern Ireland. And I'm seeing a similar thing here in Ukraine, you know, with the Ukrainians. Yeah. Similar dynamic. It's yeah. pathological in a certain sense. And it's, it's to do with um, messing, it must be to do with some kind of messed up psychology, basically. You know what I mean? Where they know that they're not, they don't hold the moral high ground, but they try to claim that they yeah. are. And that just doesn't uh, sit with them very well and it, doesn't... It, it comes up manifest. for me
0: over and over when looking at any history of East versus West here, of, of Russia in whatever form it took, imperial, Soviet, and now modern, and, and the West, in whatever form it took, hmm. Catholic Europe, um, all the way to, you know, US aligned modern Europe. Um, <clears throat> something about it, the Ukrainians are most, the most extreme expression of it. But if you look today at the fact that in the Baltic countries of Lat- Latvia, Lithuania and Estonia, mm-hmm. they still still have state-sanctioned um, war rem- memorials, parades, processions, ceremonies mm. for the Nazi fallen of that time.
1: Right. And the right, EU right. just
0: turns up with a blind eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not quite. They have tried to rein it in and to tell them, no, 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 and yeah. please stop tone, doing tone that. Tone it down a bit. But it, it carries on, you know. Yeah. And, and you see the extremist rhetoric in in their leadership as well. Poland also, to some extent. Mm. Um, the commonality, of course, of those countries is is that they have, they're caught, so to speak, in between the geography of Intermarium, the two seas, the right. Baltic. There's a strip of land from the Baltic down to the Black Sea. Um, it's probably as old as this overall schism or conflict between mm. East and West. They have the unfortunate situation, I think, of being caught in, in between two worlds. Um, <clears throat> when it was Catholic Europe versus Orthodox Russia, mm. that was one schism. So for Poles, for example, they're more Polish than the Pope. And when right. they had an actual Polish Pope, they were the proudest people on the planet right, you know right. and now that they uh, well that 's all gone now, but now they 're more American than the Americans themselves. Right. Yeah, bring yeah. fifty thousand troops we want your all your troops on our border right here yeah. with belarus. bring more no no that 's not enough. keep bringing them mm. you know, it 's more it 's over the top mm. you know in their but the Poles are Slavs mm. i don 't care what kind of Slavs they call themselves. You're basically Slavs. So it's a f- trying to, f- it's an f- ongoing psychological struggle to deny your fundamental cultural ethnic right. substratum by layering on as much as you can of what you, the ideology or the culture you look up to. Right. Uh, and hoping you're hoping, like this cartoon here, you're hoping if you keep putting on the suit, it'll eventually fit. Mm. You know, and it never does quite fit. And why,
1: why don't they just uh, ad- adopt or. I'm sure it's relatively available. Their own identity, their own ethnic, cultural identity. That's you know most countries have that going back quite a few centuries, more than enough to, to, to you know to feel that there's one there and just sit quietly and be content with that. You know what I mean? You know, well, in country, Ukraine's uh, case,
0: it didn't really exist as right. a country.
1: Ukraine's different. Yeah, Poland.
0: I'm going to get attacked here by certain poles we know who will say, no, no, it was independent country for hundreds of years. Yeah, but. The no, reality is, no, you know, it was Russian slash German slash um, Austro-Hungarian Empire right. until very, fairly recently. Mm. A hundred years ago, Poland, as we know it today, was created. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's
1: historical aspects of, it, of being They just Again, they
0: have the, unf- it's unfortunate, <coughs> bad geographic luck of being in this place where massive armies come through. Right. Um, Not an fact on the collective psychology, constantly, the cultural they do genuinely have a fear of being invaded from the outside,
1: right? Um, that's just below the surface, basically, and it comes out now and again when yeah the time is right.
0: I, it comes out, and it comes out, and inc- part of their their makeup is that they they have a kind of Russian. Russians are on the surface. They're kind of famous for being, you know, dour and mm. not smiling and emotionless, and mm-hmm. that's how it's easy to portray them as baddies, you know. Mm-hmm. But actually. They're super emotional mm. and it's reflected in their language and their literature and their poetry and their music and mm-hmm. their stories, their folk tales, and stuff. Super. I, I don't speak Russian. I, I've heard it said about the language that there are so many things that it can describe emotionally that cannot be translated. You, you cannot perfect the translation mm-hmm. well enough because mm-hmm. there are so many nuances and textures that are lost mm-hmm. from the um, an orthodox Russian language, Cyrillic alphabet, different into a Western European, which is maybe more rational, more logical, mm. more rules based grammar kind of thing. And so you've got all these people in the middle who either still do or until very recently use a Cyrillic alphabet. Even when they don't, like the Poles, you hear the language and it sounds to our ear. It doesn't really sound, idiot. it sounds Russian mm. or Russian-ish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's one of them Eastern languages, mm-hmm. you know. But they're shouting at you vociferously. I am a Westerner. Mm. The Pope was Polish, didn't you know? Mm. We are more Catholic than, than you people in the West, mm. you know. So it's, it, it really messes up their, um, their mixed allegiances, you know, and their denial of self. And they're trying to figure out themselves and all this stuff. And that's how, if you take, if you stay with the case of Poland, obviously this is a sweeping generalization, but at the broadest geopolitical, historical picture, Poland is repeating the same er errors that it made in the 20th century. Mm -hmm. It's going all in on America being there forever Mm -hmm. to protect it against the evil Ruskies, Mm -hmm. you know? When the actual, History if, shows if any of them just t- took dropped. a step back and look at what's going on, China rising, Russia strong, they would have some common sense at, at, the, at the hands of, the, at the helm of the state, mm-hmm. you know, but they don't. They look like they're walking into another situation where they might lose nationhood mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. maybe just temporarily, but.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's complicated, but it's useful to try and figure it out and understand it, you know, um,
0: meanwhile, the Russians are, well, again, they have a great sense of humor, I think, sweeping generalizations, uh, obviously. But I I want Scotty to put this up. This um, this was a map that was originally made in Russian. But after they noticed that it was going viral in the West because a lot of blue checks and Western journalists were going, we've uncovered this thing. This is doing the rounds on Russian Telegram. This is probably what Russia is planning for all of Europe. If, can you zoom in on it? Um, someone, what they subsequently did was they translated it from uh, Russian into English. So yeah, this is our plan for Europe. Oh, uh, we can't do zoom anymore, but it's unfortunate. But if you, you'll probably see it on if you go to Twitter, just Decol- search decolonization Europe, and basically it's like Europe's nation states broken up into regional. Pieces except Serbia, of course. Ireland's reunited. Um, London, there is like the southeast of England, is called the Emirate of London, and they do the same for Paris, the Emirate of Paris, which is a dig at you know, mass yeah. migration of um, Muslims.
1: Yeah, so it's just a but what somebody's saying, this is what this is. Some people were like,
0: yeah, 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 that's this, what they're planning, this is the yeah. mindset that's this going on in, in Russia. Yeah. This is what they want to do to Europe, they want to break <laughs> us all up, you know. yeah um, Along, you know, ethnic or ideological lines. Ironically, though, this something like this could be uh, the most basic level. What we may see emerge in the coming years is that the European Union, as such, does break up. Maybe um, individual states no longer.
1: Yeah, if if that were to happen, you might find groupings like that basically given given and the, given the way uh maybe people might go back to more yeah if, if people were in Europe were to go back to more tribal let's say or culturally you know homogenous in a certain in 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 more specific detail in different countries how would it how would it how would it break down you know um yeah, people, I mean, there's borders, there's borders like that, even though they're not official borders within countries, you know, like in Spain, there's Andalusia, the different regions in Spain, there's different uh-huh. regions in France, different regions in Germany, etc. People, if you, if, you, if you ever got to the point where things fell apart, you would probably have, those lines will be become a bit more defined and people might identify themselves rather than as German, let's say, as Bavarian yeah. or rather as, as uh, French, there will be Occita- Occitan or Andalusian or something like that in Spain, yeah. you know. Um, po- post collapse, you could see regroupings along, yeah, more quote unquote natural lines. Yeah, um, and in the U.S., of course, they've got it perfectly laid out with uh, state divisions. You know, right. fifty-one independent countries. Republic of Texas. The Republic of Texas. I'm,
0: I'm waiting for that. I'm kind of disappointed that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> that'll be fun. Like for because you know there were some. Especially as well as California, there's a secessionist movement. Yeah. It never seems to go anywhere, though.
1: Not yet. Anyway. Uh, I'm done. Yeah. Are you done? I think so. Okay. So what are we doing? We're on Facebook today, yeah? we have any super, super awesome questions or anything?
0: Facebook, VK, and Twitter, I think people can see the stream on. Okay. Mm,
2: mostly VK. Like, yeah
1: alrighty I don't think it's showing on Facebook something's no. wrong alright well anyway we'll, we'll stick it up on uh, Rumble there's no point in saying smash all the like buttons or is there smash, smash. all the like buttons smash all the buttons yeah whatever sh- buttons <clears throat>
0: it'll be up on SOT, then you'll see Rumble links be, yeah people share them if you give can, some yeah. likes
1: on Rumble etc and subscribe to our Rumble channel because you never know when we will be you never know what'll come along the next thing will come along that we won't be allowed to talk about on YouTube uh, who knows what it is? They may, you never know. Uh, given the way they've acted in the, in, in the recent past, it's, you know, nothing's off the table in that respect. Certain things may become taboo that we want to talk about, and then we just won't be able to have any YouTube uh, presence. Anyway, so we'll be in Rumble in that situation as long as it stays
0: as as free
1: to me for a while.
0: Yeah. Eventually, all we'll be left with is truth social.
1: Exactly. Awesome.
0: Uh, us and Donald mixing, and his up, mi-
1: mixing up with Donald yeah uh, Yeah, okay so yeah like we said give us a, a bunch of likes or subscribes or whatever for it is. I don't know where this is actually going right now or where it will end up but thanks for um, yeah so thanks for watching listening and thanks for thanks for your comments uh, we'll be back next week with another show on whatever's been happening between now and then we'll keep you updated and yeah so until then have a good one Thanks you for later. watching.
0: See you next week. Can't stop the signal now.